0: I'm Chase, and you're listening to The Angry Millennial. And I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I'm in this room or what they just fed me, but you're listening to The Angry Millennial. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to The Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Borrow Lenses. Bring your vision to life with the gear you want when you need it. Don't deplete your resources by investing in gear you may only need once in a while. Instead, grow your business by using high-end gear before you can afford to own it. I know for me, for many years starting out, this is how I got the shots I needed with the glass I couldn't afford at the time. And plus, it's great for trying before you buy. With thousands of rental lenses, cameras, lighting, and all the tools to trade for hobbyists and pros alike. Get to use specialty gear such as underwater cameras or telephoto lenses for that once-in-a-lifetime adventure without a huge investment. You can choose the gear you want, tell them when you want it, and for how long, and they'll ship the gear directly to you. You can book far in advance and secure all the gear you'll need. Visit com and enter AM10 to redeem your exclusive 10% Angry Millennial discount. Hey guys, welcome to the Angry Millennial Show. This time we're doing something a little bit different. Usually uh, we have just a standard interview for you guys or an uh, episode with me and Jessica talking about things that have been going on lately. But we've decided to kind of switch it up a little bit and do an episode about a, a topic. And this topic, as you can probably tell, is the importance of backing up your work. So we've, uh, we have reached out to G-Tech to partner up with this on, on the episode, and we ended up getting Jeremy Coward to come back on. So for a lot of you guys, you love Jeremy, following his work, uh, and everything he stands for, I um, hope you guys enjoy the episode. And on top of that, G-Tech was awesome enough to help us promote the episode by giving away an awesome G-Tech drive. So what we're giving away today is a 500 gigabyte EV raw, so it's the rugged drive. You've seen those, um, you know they're a bit tougher than you know usual. Uh, can take a little bit of a beating, which is great for any of us who are just kind of you know creatives who happen to travel or uh, are a little rough on their gear, <laughs> right? So um, happy to announce who that winner is. So have you seen? We've had lots of promotions, everything else going on that have been telling everyone. About the contest. So, these are people who shared the image on Facebook and liked G Tech's Facebook page. So, without further ado, we'd like to announce it. So, the winner of the 500 gigabyte drive, thanks to G Technology, is Scott Hubbard of Tucson, Arizona. Scott's a portrait photographer who does amazing work. So, go check out his stuff. At scotthubbardphotography.com. That's Scott with two T's and Hubbard with two B's. So, without any more further delay, let's get on with the show with the one and only Jeremy Coward. Enjoy. What's going on, AM Nation, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Show. Today, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. We're going to have a topic-driven episode regarding the importance of backing up your work, featuring some of the amazing products over at G-Technology. Now, if you haven't heard of them, welcome back from under your rock. That's the first thing I'm going to say. G-Tech is a content management systems company specialized in external storage products designed and marketed for us, for the creative professionals, you know, photography and, and AV markets. So today, we're going to be chatting about all the reasons why creatives should have a solid backup system in place, which they constantly look to update every so often. So a big thank you goes out to G-Tech and partnering up with us on this episode, along with our previous guest, Jeremy Cowart, coming back on the show to chat about this often poorly debated topic within the creative industry. So Jeremy, first off, thanks for coming back out, man.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.
0: No, of course. So, you know, to start this off, let's let's quickly chat up, you know, from the last time we spoke uh at Photo Plus and uh, our launch last year, uh what's been what's been kind of going on with you? What's been new?
1: <laughs> man, uh a lot. Um I'm, I have my career ADD as usual. But <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, I've been shooting a lot um, this year. I have been focusing a lot on my online platform, C University, where I teach photographers everything I've learned today. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I am right now working day in and day out on building a hotel chain from scratch.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right! That's right. I've seen that where it's kind of like a Airbnb with like a, you know, but like a, a kind of really. Uh, community aspects being encompassed. Well, in? it's definitely
1: not an Airbnb. It is a brick and mortar hotel. Oh, wow. Yeah, like a real ho- ambitious.
0: Wow. Yeah, like
1: a real hotel. Uh, but everything in the hotel will be connected to causes and nonprofits. So by staying there, you are quote unquote changing the world in your sleep.
0: Wow, that's cool. That's yeah, awesome. It's so do you guys have a, a name for it yet or anything? Like yeah, it's called the Purpose Hotel. Purpose hotel, that's awesome. I'll definitely have to check that out. That's well, great. Thank you. Thanks. No, that's great. And I mean, for anyone who who you know who doesn't know you, you know, honestly, I've known you for years, and and hearing this in my head when I, I remember when I re- reading about it, it, when I saw it, I go, that totally makes sense. Like that's <laughs> totally Jeremy. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know tell us your story, you know, like who's Jeremy Coward and, and take us back, man, like take us back and, and into how, you know, you got started in the industry. It's kind of all the way up to now.
1: Yeah. Well, if somebody wants to, uh, to officially watch my story, there's a 25 minute video on my website at jeremycoward.com that has full graphics and the whole deal involved. Um, but to recap, uh, that story, I won't go, I won't tell the 25 minute version of it because it's (laughs) online. (laughs) But yeah, I'm uh, I'm from Nashville, a little suburb outside of town, and I grew up a uh, really pretty ADD, kind of an artsy fartsy kid. Uh, not really great at any academics; didn't make good grades. So I just kind of flew under the radar growing up. And um, it wasn't until you know college I wanted to be a painter, but my parents encouraged me to study graphic design, so I did that. And I graduated and worked as a designer for a few ad agencies and then kind of finally went on on my own and and started my own design company.
0: Oh, nice. then
1: when digital photography came about, uh, I bought a digital camera really to learn how to shoot textures to incorporate into into my design work. Mm -hmm. So kind of to build a stock library of things to work with as a designer. Mm -hmm. And then um, that kind of made me fall in love with uh, the camera. And so I started shooting friends of mine who are musicians, uh, buddies in town. Then they would get signed to a label. Then the label would start hiring me to take pictures as well. And so it was all kind of a very accidental, organic process Mm -hmm. of me falling into photography.
0: That's awesome. And you said it. I mean, it's it's interesting. People uh, who paint and draw, I think, are always kind of naturally... Uh, like you said, organically fall into a graphic designer position because if you think about it, it's the most it's the most applicable type of medium where you sit there and say, like, it has a very commercial outlet for it. You know, like mm-hmm. you can you can work for either an agency or you can freelance on your own and get work from agencies and get work from the clients directly themselves, and you're still being artistic, you know, and, and, and you still have that artistic kind of credibility where you can, you can have your vision and, and really kind of hand pick your kind of clients and in, in terms of, uh, what you want to work well on and how you want to do it and that sort of thing. And, and I think that's great, you know, yeah. because it, it is tough, you know, it is tough to be like, well, I want to be a painter. And then I got that, <laughs> that dream squashed by every exactly. adult, every adult in my life. Right. And, exactly. Uh, and was like, well, I should just be smart, you know, and, and do this, you know. But yeah. but I think honestly, of all the things you could be, a graphic designer is pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Like you you didn't end up being like a lawyer, an accountant, and just exactly and just hating your job. No, I, I um, loved I love design. I just
1: once I started shooting, it was a you know photography was something that got me away from the computer, away from the office, and got me out into meeting people and socializing and seeing the world, and that was a right. huge that was a huge jump from sitting in front of a computer. So as great as a graphic design was, I just love that photography got me out,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, speaking of that, uh, one thing I remember you, you spared to uh, not too long ago that I would love an update on is, um, you're okay. Do this app. Yeah. So for people, I mean, I know I still have it on my phone, uh, you know, and that was kind of the same thing in a sense was, was you were taking that aspect of uh, a lot of what we do is very internal. It can be very like in a a vacuum and it can be very isolating, but in a sense of bringing bridging like the community aspect of say like an Instagram with, you know, a more active, okay, let's do this type mentality Mm -hmm. where people kind of, um, well, I'll I'll let you kind of jump into it and then tell me uh, what, if that's still around, what, what kind of the whole process is and that sort of thing with, uh, with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was originally designed and still designed to kill creative block. Because I feel like on Instagram, you know, we tend to just recycle each other. We tend to uh, shoot the same things. Um, In the beginning, it was sunsets and coffee and, you know, (laughs) and then that Mert. Now these days, it's all like how many mountains and photos of trees (laughs) and photos of winding roads and right. photos of, you know, the small person in the vast landscape, like it, there's so much of the same images we're seeing on Instagram. So the goal for OK Do This was really to stir up um, your creative thinking mm-hmm. and get you to really crowdsource ideas and see, see just the text. It's almost like tweets, but all the tweets are ideas. And how mm-hmm. can you translate those, what we call do's, uh, into photos? So it's really about ending uh, creative block for the photographer.
0: No, that's great. That's great. And you yeah. said it, it's, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I think lots of creative people can attest to the, you know, either the ADD mentality or at least the fact that like, like you said, sometimes you get stuck mm. and, or we, we just kind of have, unless it's something that's pressing for a client, um, you know, we're just kind of put on the back burner, you know, yeah. and just be like, Oh, I'll get to it eventually. But, uh, sometimes eventually can last months or years. Mm-hmm. And then you sit there and go, oh shit, like I really got to get back in gear.
1: Yeah, and
0: yeah. and for a lot of it, it is that. Like you said, I remember the same thing. I remember scrolling through it when I, when it first came out and, and seeing all these really neat things that I never personally would think of or, or go shoot. And then I'm like, oh, that's part of it. Like get you out of your comfort zone, get mm-hmm. you kind of doing uh, these sort of things because you never know what can kind of come out of that. You know, yeah. whether it's, uh, a series idea, a project, uh, a new direction for your work, or whatever, it's great, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so, you know, such gears a bit, like most people in industry, right, we're a great mix of either the engineer type nerds, right, who love learning how a camera works, right? Mm-hmm. And then the artsy types who just love to make art and are more fascinated with kind of the end product than, than how it kind of all came about with the inner workings of the camera. What would you say, I mean, I, I kind of have an idea what your answer is going to be, but which camp would you say you identify more with?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think I'm just, uh, at the end of the day, an artist first. You know, I think, yeah. I think as an abstract painter, but my camera, uh, you know, all these all this gear have become my tools. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm an artist first. You still so. paint at all? I do actually uh, in a in a weird mixed media kind of way. I've been doing oh, a lot cool. of uh, I start on on paper with pencils and pastels, then that moves into Photoshop, then it gets printed back out, and then I get it on canvas and paint over it. So it's it's a very
0: long but fun process. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I definitely knew that. Like I, I studied like drawing and painting in college a little bit in electives and. And I noticed the same thing that there were some people who who again like loved the the process. Like I knew people who like printed stuff on windows and metals mm-hmm. and then painted on that. And then, you know, and, and I sit there like my mind like swimming, being like, How, like, how did you even t- time and, yeah. and dedication? They're like, but that's to them, that's part of it. Like what you end up with is great, sure. But they they value a whole lot in that, like you said, the process. And and what's involved in doing all that, and they kind of feel like that's uh, you know m- what they really get a lot out of, you know. Yeah, in terms of that. absolutely. So that's great. Yeah, it's a good so, way.
1: It's a good way to uh, to help and create a block as well because I get tired mm-hmm. of the yeah, like you said, get tired of shooting a lot. So it's good for me to explore other other mediums to get get the creative juices flowing again.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, but you, you I don't think you have any. uh like you said, the the ADD aspect. I don't think you have any shortage of things that you can transition to <laughs> between between yeah. phone apps, univers uh, universities and uh, now hotels. <laughs> I think I think you've always got something to be like, all right, I'm not gonna get burned out on any one thing. This is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, So that's yeah. great. Fun. So uh so let's get into the meat of the episode for today. Um and, and like we said, it's is about the importance and how important it is uh to back up your work. You know, for creatives especially who who make art a career, um, you know, it's it's something that uh, some people honestly, it's one of those things that no one likes talking about. Yeah, oddly enough, it's true. And then and then when you when you kind of like have these open conversations with people, some people that you thought had their shit together, you're just going like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like you know, uh, so it's kind of on par. I feel like with with the way some people value their work and their rates mm-hmm. and you sit there and go like oh i thought you were at x number like way higher and they're like oh well you know i i'm just i just i stay busy at this number and i'm, I'm okay with it and i'm like "Mm, you know yeah. but so people always think they have it under control but if you really think about it they're usually undervaluing underselling themselves mm-hmm. so first off two stories of people who kind of like failed to realize how important having a well-rounded backup system is, and we'll go into a little little bit later, is one's the the nightmare uh, nightmare car break-in, and then the other one's a a house break-in. But like I said, we'll we'll go into that in a bit. But for me, what we really would love to make this episode be is kind of like an an informational walkthrough. As to like various ways you can set up a backup system, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know years ago um, there was a video that I remembered um, uh, that Chase Jarvis did, right? Yeah. He's a good friend of yours and a previous yeah. guest of our show, uh, episodes uh, eighteen and nineteen, and he has a system for backups that uh, that we'll you know we'll link to it for people to check out in depth uh, in the show notes. But it was it was really interesting because he highlighted all Tech gear. He had a server based system. And he had like OCD style backups, both <laughs> as he's shooting and at the end of every day on set. Which, I mean, do, do you remember that video at all? In that I kind do. of thing.
1: It's been a long time, but yeah, I, I do remember seeing that.
0: Yeah, and then I remember being like, my mind was blown at the time, yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, and I remember just like even the server base, the way he did everything that uh, was so interesting. So tell yeah. me, when did when did G Tech become your kind of go to storage source?
1: Well, it's funny, because I had used other brands before, but I always remember seeing G-Tech in Apple stores, and all the people, kind of the pros I admired, and the people ahead of me, everybody was using G-Tech. And so, mm-hmm. for a long time, I had often wondered, like, what's the deal with this company? And I, yeah. and I figured, and I mean, it felt like they were the they were the BMW, and at the time, when I was getting started out, and I didn't know if I could afford it, so I'd buy whatever cheapest brand I could afford, and... Right. Um, and sure, sure enough, uh, I paid the price for that because I, I lived in an apartment. I don't know if the electricity was, wasn't was that great, the connections, mm. but I had so many drives go bad. It, it was insane. Really? Yeah, wow. so many different brands. And um, and then when I switched to G-Tech, truly, uh, true story, I've, I've never had a single G-Tech drive go bad on me. And, um, and now, I mean, gosh, I can't even... Begin to describe my love
0: <laughs> from a <laughs> from a
1: sixty-four terabyte uh, Thunderbolt drive. It's like a, it's a freaking oh, wow. freaking beast that's sitting right here on my desk next to me. It's like my little baby.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So you know, tell me. Um, let's chat a little. Bit of like, what what do you think? Different because you like you said you've you've gone from the meager beginnings, like a lot of us do, right? Um, you know, saying that it's, it's for us, it's okay. All I can afford is maybe one, um, you know, desktop backup drive and, and that's it. Or maybe one portable drive for our laptop and that's it. Um, but you know, let's, let's go through a couple of different, you know, kind of uh, systems and and tell me what you think. Cause you've kind of been, like you said, you've, you've kind of come up from, from being a graphic designer foremost and, and just dabbling in photography for your, for your, you know, plates and, and your archive of stock photos for, for textures to, I mean, like we all know one of the foremost photographers in in the industry. So let's just say like, you know, what, what do you think would be a great system for like a one person solopreneur who's shooting portraits around town as of families, senior portraits and, and, and kids and that kind of thing.
1: I mean, I, I think you have to have, have to have your data in at least two places, both, and physically separated so Mm -hmm. you know at your house and at your office or at your house and at a parent's house um whatever that might be because you Mm -hmm. just have to I mean I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people's cars getting broken into and they had their drive they had their work on their computer and their hard drive their external hard drive or both hard drives you know were still in the car so Mm -hmm. still everything they had was stolen um Mm -hmm. Or same thing could be said of their house. Somebody broke into their house and stole both hard drives. Like you have to, you know, it could be a fire. It could be so many things, but you have to back them up uh, in multiple places, two or three, and definitely different locations.
0: Yeah, you know that. Yeah. So,
1: and that could be, you know, 500 gig drive. That could be a terabyte. It could be five terabytes, whatever you need. But it just has to be at least two in, in different locations
0: yeah yeah and and you know it like you said it, it's that's something that you know uh we we're gonna go into it, and, and you bring it up, and we'll kind of jump in is you know one of the things that you know we we mentioned earlier was just that you know the part where people sometimes forget when you think of backing up their work right, and let's just say even with g tech you know we we say, okay, you know you have this drive at your office and this drive at your home or your studio in your home or something like that. And, 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 but a lot of people kind of forget about the offsite back So even beyond all that, because those are two buildings that unfortunately could mm-hmm. flood, fire, or breaking, whatever. Um, you know, because like you said, the two things that I, I thought about were two instances that you may have seen that got on like the news mm-hmm. that were one woman who, who maybe should have known better. Um, or I should say one woman who didn't know any better was uh, a young woman who was uh, in like the kind of Midwest. And was shooting a bunch of different stuff, you know, weddings and newborns and portraits and stuff and kept everything in her trunk. Like forget, forget just to drive. like we're talking all the camera gear, all of the, you know, uh, lighting equipment and all of her um, backups. And literally the worst part was at that time, her learning, her learning uh, lesson was that she had all of her stuff still on the card. She didn't even Um. dump it and then think to back it up. Because she didn't know any better. Yeah, and yeah. then she's on the news crying, telling these people, hey, listen, keep the gear. I don't care. Please just send me back the memory cards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's horrible, you know? Yeah. But again, that's someone who just didn't know any better, you know, and hopefully they learn from it. And then there's another woman that was on the news uh, around that time that should have known better. And she was a, like a 30-year working photojournalist. And she had all of her stuff backed up on drives and over a course of 30 years, you can imagine the archive of images to the point where she actually had a, um, like a filing cabinet in her home Mm -hmm. that had all of the drives stored in there. And, and it was, it was crazy because someone broke in and stole them all. I mean, that's no easy task, right? And you sit there and go, wow, that person was really, uh, you know, motivated, right? But what sucked is she she had them backed up, but she didn't have an offsite backup, right? Exactly. You know? And then you sit there and be like, nowadays with services like you know Black Backblaze, Crash Plan, all these other ones, like it it's so hard the to, to argue against like these subscription based plans, um, you know, versus like setting up your own. Because I know like Michael Greco we had on, and we were chatting. He's a big backup proponent. And he has like dedicated servers in like storage units and different places. And hearing that, I know hearing that, I was like, (laughs) that's insane, (laughs) you know. And uh, and it's I think now think about the way the landscape is moving for a lot of things. It's all subscription based, you know, Mm -hmm. from from streaming video to, um, you know, even like Patreon, where we have people who can who can sign up to support artists you like, you know, and that kind of stuff. That it's it's really kind of hard to argue the whole, like, how much is your time or peace of mind worth to you, you know? And and I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think a company like G-Tech eventually may serve, like, both sides of the fence? Or have off-site systems taken more of, like, a, a B2B route these last few years?
1: Um, I could see them going both routes. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but it would mm-hmm. seem smart to... Right. to get into that world as well i just know that uh, i was thinking about this earlier like g tech should uh, their marketing department should go the same direction as uh, michelin did uh, over the course of gosh many many years when they say so much is riding on your tires you know they get the the baby the naked baby in the diapers sitting yep. on the, the tire Yep, it's the same thing for storage like they mm-hmm. should have you know, all the all, with a cameras ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all your data, all your shoots, all your work. I mean, your sweat and tears, you mm-hmm. know, all literally sitting on a hard drive. And right. if you're not backing that up, I mean, you're, you're stupid. I mean, there's no other way to, to say it. It is just plain plain stupid to not back up.
0: No, you, you said it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I tell people all the time. Like when I tell people about this, And like my classes I teach at the local colleges and stuff. And I tell them, look, it's like five bucks a month. And Mm -hmm. they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, it's the price of a coffee. Like you you really don't have any excuse anymore nowadays to not at least do that. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, even if you're not a a creative, shit, back up your iTunes catalog. You know what I mean? Like back up the documents you have, like whatever. Back up the settings on your computer. Like all that stuff, you know, for for so cheap how it is now for subscription-based stuff, it's kind of like you said, it's kind of dumb to not do it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and, I mean, you have, like you said, you've had personal experience with it. I've had personal experience with it. When I didn't know any better, everything was on my laptop and I I thought I was okay. And then, you know, I would sit there and be like, well, let's see, I have a hundred gig, you can tell I'm going back, I had a (laughs) hundred gig hard drive and I had some stuff on there, but a lot. most of my stuff was on my computer and uh and then i realized my computer was sitting there with like me literally i think it was sadly like under i think it was under 100 megabytes free mm-hmm. for like for like a, a year straight a year and a half months
1: it's a lot
0: <laughs> yeah. and then you sit there and go like when i really thought about it i was like Oh my God! That's the equivalent of your car just sitting at redline. Yeah, you exactly. know for 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 however long, and you're going, oh man, I should really do something. And then and then the hard drive crashed, and I, and it sucked. You know, <laughs> I lost clients, I lost money, oh, I man, lost. You know, it was, yeah, it was it was really hard. And the yeah. worst part was, um, I mean, like anything else, I didn't shoot weddings. Thankfully, at the time, but it's that it was that kind of thing where it was like stuff you couldn't reshoot. You know, events and other things and. And uh, and it was really tough. And I remember one client was like kind of chewing me out, rightfully so. And they said, "You know, I'm not even mad at the fact that we can't run this ad and use your photos that I love. It's the fact that you should have known better." Hmm. And I, you know, and that one hurt because when well, they said I'm, that, I was like, "You know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. If I'm a professional taking money for my yeah. service. I should have taken more better care of your of your data." Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and it was it was a hard learning lesson. And I remember like after that, I was like, screw it, I got a desktop, I got, yeah. you know, and then I, I, I had to, I had revamped everything I did off of that really horrible learning experience. And um I, I would hope that people nowadays wouldn't wouldn't go there, but yeah. again, it happens. It still you know happens.
1: I mean? Yeah, everybody wants to save a buck and they wanna mm-hmm. or when they do spend the money, they wanna get more cool gear first instead. And, uh, you know, they just skip the hard drives because it's not as sexy. <laughs> not what as what I to
0: say. It's not it's, nearly as
1: Yeah, sexy. it's not as fun to spend your money on. Uh, and then their stuff gets stolen or a fire or something happens and they're just screwed. Mm-hmm. It happens mm-hmm. way too much.
0: No, for sure. For sure. So, you know, tell me, uh, how, how do you kind of prolong the shelf life of your drives or even feel like you need to, I know you said you never had an issue with any of them, but like every couple of years, do you replace the drives in your setup um, just from a, uh, maybe a a capacity standpoint or anything like that?
1: Um, I'm not too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too specific with all that. I mean, my 64 terabyte drive is sitting here right now and it's fairly new still. Mm -hmm. It's probably got about 35 gigs, uh, terabytes full and I've got a backup of this one and my house, uh, with everything nice. else on it. And then multiple drives are scattered about with lots of other information on them. But the main two are kind of, and I would really need to get a third and, uh, and, a you know, I don't know, security box or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Cause I, even with two, that's probably still cutting it too close, um, but uh, and having one at my house, one at my office, that makes, definitely makes me feel a lot better. And mm-hmm. I literally will take this thing home and buckle it in my car like it's a child. You know, wrap the seatbelt around it and uh, yeah, take yeah. it take it home and back it up. It takes a long time to back it up, probably you know, overnight sometimes a couple of days with that mm-hmm. in, that much information. Yeah. But I just have so much peace knowing knowing that's finished and everything's uh, backed up like that
0: right right so how, how often do you end up doing that
1: I um, try to do it at least once a month but usually uh, or every couple of weeks because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not shooting every day I mean these days I shoot a lot less it's mm-hmm. a lot more quality over quantity it used to yeah. be more quantity over quality so um yeah I only do a few shoots a month typically uh, mm-hmm. if if that so uh, yeah so I just back up whenever I know I've got a lot of new
0: new data on the on the drive nice nice i mean yeah it's uh it's been i mean you can imagine uh, learning from as a photographer and then switching gears a little bit um to be like the podcasting stuff and and sitting here going like oh it's just audio like it's Mm -hmm. not as big as you know photo files or psd files right but you know then you factor in like you know the the you know GarageBand files if you're editing in GarageBand or mm. whatever else and and those all add up and then you know all the people we've talked to so already I've had to um, you know kind of realign the the system workflow that we have uh, for the show for the same reason you know like every yeah. time we record uh, what if I'm, if I'm like on location with someone before I even leave I'm backing up in three places mm-hmm. and and knowing okay it's in you know it's it's offsite. And then, okay, it's it's on this computer, and then it's on this, you know, uh, backup drive, and then that's getting the backed up, yeah. right? Exactly. And then I say, okay, now I'm good to leave. You know, mm-hmm. like now I can leave whatever building or, or I'm in and, and go home, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really important, you know, because I mean, you get it. I mean, people like you, for instance. I mean, we we spoke what last October? Yeah. Yeah, last October. And, and it was, you know, it was one of those things where you've been so busy and that kind of stuff that it's tough to get, you know, to get, uh, for you know, the time with you. But at the same time, imagine, God forbid, imagine if we did all this and then, and then I tell you, oh, man, I'm so sorry I, I lost it. Can yeah. We, can we get back that hour? Yeah. And you're going, nah, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That sucks, but uh had a good time though. <laughs> yeah.
1: No doubt. No doubt.
0: Right. Or it might even take another couple months, you know? So, sure. so it's it's for sure. It's it's definitely um it's definitely definitely something you gotta take a little you know, kind of like just like a photo stuff, you know? Yeah. Um so tell me, where do you where do you kind of see the future of of hard drives going? Gosh,
1: uh with technology and things changing at the pace they're changing. I don't know. I mean, yeah. will, will companies be able to uh, continue to offer the amount of storage they are online? I mean, I just don't know how they're going to be able to pay for those kind of servers in the future. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, data storage servers, all that stuff keep, keeps getting cheaper. So who knows? I'm I'm mm-hmm. so not an expert on that end of things, um, but um, you know, with the amount, I mean, we we all. Live and breathe photos and video now every day, yeah. whether it's you know, we're, whether it's our Snapchat or we're shooting iPhone or, or DSLR, I mean, it's just insane the amount of storage we're all using. And the majority, vast majority of the public doesn't even understand anything that we're talking about right now <laughs> like, external. What I need, a, yeah. I need a what. So, <laughs> um, so it's really an important topic that photographers understand, but I don't really think the public. Understands people are going home and kind of backing up their iPhones, but they don't uh, beyond that. You know, they don't really know what to do. So right, right. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it all evolves.
0: Yeah, like you said, I, that's the one thing I'm wondering. As I sit here and go, like with all that stuff, like you said, getting cheaper and and getting you know bigger drives, and and all I think about is like I always think of, like Facebook. Can you imagine what their servers must look like? It no. must be literally like, like an underground, like uh, uh, kind of like a, a, a missile silo
1: <laughs> of, so of servers. I have a story on that front, and yeah. uh, you're exactly right. I got invited uh, a few years ago to, um, I forget the name of the building. It was in Las Vegas, yes. and I we pull up to this building, and they're literally Hummer's. All around the building, black cameras, it looked like we were were pulling up to some government building. Um, Like NORAD
0: or something like that, yeah.
1: And when we walk in, there was dudes with machine guns at the entrance to every hall, every door we walked in. Wow. Security guards. Uh, The floors were sticky because every step you took, the floor was pulling the dirt off your shoes. And Say why yeah, yeah, I was like removing the dirt as you walk yeah. off your shoes. So, uh, And they're like, by the way, we did background background checks on all of you like weeks ago. Uh, and so it turns out this building that we were visiting, again, we didn't know what where we were going. It was like this kind of a lot of founders and CEOs. Uh, I don't know why I was there, but I was there anyway. Um, <laughs> it turns out this building was the main... Uh, Uh, housing for for Amazon, for eBay, for Call of Duty, for uh, the uh, Department of Homeland Security. I mean, it was like all the big... And I think, I'm pretty sure Facebook was there too. I know Apple Apple was. Uh, These servers were just insanely large. And and the whole thing looked like a movie set because it was all very dark, lots of like... Interesting blue and red lights glowing everywhere. I mean, they, they said <laughs> they actually get asked a lot to shoot movies there, but they can't, yeah, obviously, they, due to uh,
0: security for, reasons. Yeah, yeah.
1: But they put in Vegas because it's the least prone to natural disasters. You know, there's oh. no, there's no. It's not likely for earthquakes. There's no tornadoes. Right. No, no hurricanes.
0: hurricanes. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, wow. But it was one of the most interesting experiences I've ever had, and the loudest server was a Call of Duty.
0: <laughs> Crazy! You can imagine you know. all the yeah. kids, you know, playing around the world twenty four seven. Yeah, but they would you know. point
1: to the server that was like the size of uh, several rooms, big rooms together, and they're like, "That server is eBay. This one is wow. Facebook." They're like, "And these companies are in charge of uh, their own backups, but we are the main." We are the main server for these
0: companies. Wow, that's it was, crazy! It was
1: wild. It was so that's wild. That's wild.
0: And like I yeah. said, it was it was you know a, a, an event where you just had all these founders and executives and CEOs going there. And, and yeah, I remember, and, I remember yeah. the
1: PayPal guys were there, and just this one really, really rich billionaire dude. It was a crazy group, a really interesting wow. experience.
0: Yeah. Do you guys yeah. go for drinks afterward or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. It was like a oh, three.
1: Yeah. It was like a three day event. So that. Oh wow. Visiting that building was just one of the things we did.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. But like you said, imagine that. Imagine, uh, there was a. There, you went to an event, that part of it was just what we're talking about, but on a huge scale, mm-hmm. and saying. Hey, look! All those things you use every day that you might not ever think about—this is powering it. Like yeah. this is what makes yeah. it go round. And you know, knowing that and knowing how how big of a deal it is, then you have the whole security aspect of it. I mean, exactly. it's insane. Yeah, and uh, and 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 then you sit there and go. Oh, yeah. And also we cover Homeland Security, too. Because right. you know I mean? yeah. their, their server is actually probably a tenth of what, you know, Facebook's or eBay or anyone else's is. No doubt. Um, I mean, that's, that's insane. And, and it was really neat because, like you said, I mean, it, it, it honestly probably is, uh, with the exception of like, you know, the Elon Musk's of the world, mm-hmm. that a lot of these people, even in these big executive companies, are pretty far removed from that, too. You know, like they're looking at the company in terms of employees and direction, and vision and and not like, oh, we have a server somewhere that, you know, all this yeah. stuff gets backed up to, you know. So for them, it was probably really interesting for you. You're like, this is a lot bigger than my 64 terabyte. Yeah, drive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're like, I can buckle that thing in my car. This this, this is yeah. a lot of the level. You yeah, know? no doubt. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So listen, Jeremy. Thank you for taking the time out today. Of course. Um, If if your game, uh, we're wrapping up a little bit early, so I would love to go through the kind of the so way we do the show now since you've been on, is that basically we kind of ask these like a couple questions in the beginning about you know you getting to know you what you're working on all that kind of stuff, and then we have a, a set of like five kind of standard questions that are a bit more, you know, meta, a bit deeper. Um, And I think something that honestly brought up your alley, if you're up for it, um, we could run through those. And uh, I'm sure that people tuning in are obviously a lot of creatives who are knowing the importance of backing up your work. But again, everyone loves uh, you and hearing your story. And uh, I'd love to get your input on these.
1: Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome.
0: So tell me, Jeremy, what's the biggest risk you've taken in your career?
1: Um, there have been many, but uh, I'm taking a big one right now. But anytime time I kind of jump from one uh, career to another, the time I quit my comfortable design ad agency job to start my own company, then that company became successful. Then I quit that company to become a photographer um, and now, you know, here I am 2016, 2015 was the most successful year as a photographer on paper for sure. And so here I am once again, uh, jumping in and doing a whole new, uh, pursuing a very ambitious dream to build a hotel. Uh, so yeah, there have been many, but, uh, I feel like anytime I make those transitions, those are pretty big risks.
0: No, for sure. I mean, and you said it, I mean, you. It's, uh, it's an interesting thing. I mean, uh, thinking about uh, the way things trend, right? So we talked about, you know, the way technology is going and the way, you know, um, apps work and, and the way we even, we, we socialize. I mean, if you think about just in the last few years, you've had, uh, like you said, a graphic designer position, then, or, then your own thing, then your photography. And then even in that, you had the OK Do This app, so you launched the mobile app. And then, you know, you kept going with your, um, you know, photography, always in the background. And then you had, you know, C University. And that was a, a, a kind of digital offering. And mm-hmm. then now you're you're going in a complete opposite direction. <laughs> and you're going old school with a brick and mortar hotel. yeah, You know, and I think that's so interesting because, like I mentioned in the beginning, the first word out of my mouth was, oh, like Airbnb. And you're like, mm mm no,
1: yeah. you know,
0: like it's we're going, we're going old school, mm-hmm. and and that's so interesting because I think a lot of what we're realizing, and you can attest to because of, of your online presence over the years, is that we've noticed that as we become more connected, you know, and we can, you know, for instance, the one thing we haven't mentioned um, was your help portrait thing, you know, mm-hmm. and and you, so it was essentially an online. Cause, or let's just say, endeavor that that spread globally. Mm-hmm. So you, you can see the effects of of how social media can connect the world, which is great. But it, it, as we all know, it can be a little isolating, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and hyper connectivity can also be kind of just very uh, can can really kind of separate us a lot. And and the one thing I noticed was through doing this podcast was that we were doing a lot more face to face. You know, mm-hmm. we were going to these, you know, like where we met, we were going to, you know, uh, expos and conferences and shaking hands and meeting people. And to me, it was so much more fulfilling and better yeah. than a tweet or a Facebook, you know, just, you know, looking on someone's Facebook or LinkedIn or email or phone, even phone call. And, and it was, it was great. And like you said, I mean, now you're, you're doing a brick and mortar. I think that blows my mind. Yeah. You know, um, I can't, cause I'm sure like that's, oh my God, that's always so huge in, of an endeavor, um, <laughs> that you're undertaking. But like you said, it's great because a lot of people, uh, can attest to this, that if you're not uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right. You, you can't be successful. You know oh, yeah.
1: And, oh, yeah, I l lo- I love I love that uncomfortable feeling, uh, because every time I pursue these things I'm covered up in terror and fear and panic and nervousness, but uh but I learn so much every time I do it. And I think that's why I keep trying new things, because I uh-huh. get bored with I get bored when I learn something and can keep repeating it. So I go out and challenge myself again and try to figure something
0: else out. That's great. That's awesome. So Jeremy you know that like you said that's great you know that that you're always trying to learn and you're always trying to push yourself so what's name your biggest fear creatively
1: um biggest fear creatively i, I there's a saying uh that says you're most afraid of the work that you're most meant <laughs> to do um and uh i've always felt that way mm-hmm. about fine art uh and I've I've done a little bit over the last few years, but still I'm like touching the top tip of the, you know, the iceberg. Uh, there's so much untapped um, there a, a within myself. And uh, I would love to go there one day. Um, and I just have not explored it yet. So I, I hope that one day in the near future, I can go there, but I think I've just been afraid yeah. of it. I think it's my biggest fear to to do that work that I know I'm meant, most meant to do. So I distract myself with other with other endeavors and other mm-hmm. projects. No, you
0: said it. I mean, it's because I mean, let's be honest. Like the uh, why none of us do certain things, I and mean, let's just say even this, right? Backing up your work for a lot of people, it's simply because they think it's too big of an animal, right? They're like, oh, I'm not mm-hmm. tech savvy. I don't. I, I, I don't know any of that kind of stuff. Why bother? It's like, well, you take take the time, you know, to figure it out, read stuff, watch videos, do whatever you got to do to get a basic understanding mm-hmm. and then build on that um, because you're going to need to do it. And it's the same thing with, like you said, with all the stuff that we're so meant to do. We're so paralyzed with fear that we, we you, you named it perfect, we distract ourselves with all these other successful yeah. things, right? And and say oh, I'm good. I got this now. And then in your head you're going, but it's not it. It's not the end of the road, you know. And you know right, it, you know. Exactly. So tell me, name your most meaningful moment in your career thus far. Most meaningful moment mm-hmm. in my career.
1: Um, let's see, uh, probably. Uh, I mean, there's so there's so many. Uh, for on different for different mm-hmm. reasons, but one that comes to mind is uh, the first um, uh, first time we did help portrait. Um, I, I didn't know what would come of that or what it would, how people would respond. But I just remember for two to three weeks there were just stories pouring in from all around the world. First of all, we didn't know if anybody would do it. Um, we didn't know we didn't know if people would even respond. And engage their communities. So I'll never forget that, you know, that first night that the stories started coming in, you know, five countries participated, 10 countries, Mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40, uh, almost every American state. The first time we tried, there were people literally across the country in every state nearly uh, participating. And uh, so it wasn't just the numbers, but it was just the overwhelming amount of stories and details and people crying and, communities coming together.
0: It was just like, whoa,
1: you know, it was just one of those
0: insane moments that you can't ever forget. you said it. I mean, it. and I remember when, when I heard about it and and your work and everything you were doing at that time, I knew then, you know, same thing. It was like, it was so ambitious, but at the core, so relatable, you know, that, that everyone Mm -hmm. could, could see the, the good in it and could see the benefits And, and just wanted to, to be part of it, you know? And, and that was, that was really great because like a lot of things we do, people think it's a boys club and you got, you know, in reality it's, it's very inclusive as well. But, you know, uh, that with what you do with help portrait, even more so was even more inclusive that everyone could be involved and, uh, and yeah, you know, so it was pretty great. So Okay. On the opposite end of that spectrum, and I'd love to hear your take on this because when you hear the one word I'm going to say, you're going to totally get it. But name the biggest regret in your career. Um, that's a good one, too. Um, a lot of regret.
1: I hate it when people say I have no regrets because it's, it's almost like saying I've never made a right, mistake. Right. Uh, of course we've made mistakes and of course there are regrets. Um, I'm just trying to name one specifically. Uh, i mean i went into debt when i first mm. started to buy all my gear um so i don't really regret it because that that was that enabled me to get the gear and to do stuff but i mean now of course i'd encourage people to try to pay cash and don't go right. into debt um, so going into debt was a regret but it did end up getting me on my feet and got me um, got me started yeah. and i was able to work because i had labels hiring me before i even had any gear oh, like uh, my career my career was so the opposite of everybody yeah. else everybody else buys the gear and then tries to and find and a tries work. To i had the work yeah yeah i had the work before i had the gear uh see i was like oh crap i gotta go just buy buy yeah. everything so i can keep up with the with the demand um so uh other than that, I mean, I know, like I said, I know there are many. I'm just going blank. It's almost like people, when people say, Who's your favorite person photograph? I'm like going through the Rolodex <laughs> of all the. I'm like, Can't even remember who I photographed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, regrets are a good one. You know, there's always certain relationships you wish you'd have handled better. Mm-hmm. And there are, uh, you know, with OK, do this, like there's some regrets there and some of the business uh potential that had and some meetings that I feel like we dropped the ball on or negotiations you know there's a lot of business things like that mm-hmm. uh so yeah it could be a lot of things
0: nice nice and i i appreciate the fact cuz a lot of people they you know they look at like uh their their answer as well uh you know i don't really believe in regrets i believe everything's a learning experience and and that's the same thing to be sure it's it's just a different way of looking at it but Um, you know, some people like, well, you brought up something that honestly no one's ever brought up before was relationships, you know? Mm -hmm. And because I think that's something that I think a lot of people, whether it's business or personal or whatever, that's a big one. Like, I wish I held, I wish I, I, you know, handled that friendship or that relationship differently. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of times, sometimes, unfortunately, so like you can't take it back, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and always sit there is w- and, and wonder, you know, um, mm-hmm. but tell me one of the newer ones we put in here is what's the biggest failure you've had in your career. And in that sense, it's it, kind of like what you said about, you know, uh, regrets is that you just look at it like, you're owning up to the fact that, all right, I, I fucked up, you know, like I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It, it could be one of the, and what I hope is like one of the most like. Ooh, that one hurt. Like that wasn't just a learning lesson. It was embarrassing. It was this, it was that. And if, if you can think of anything, great. And, um, you know, that way, again, It's just a way of thinking of telling people, Hey, listen, like even Jeremy Coward has done wrong, (laughs) you know, and, and people, people do stuff that just doesn't work. Uh, if it's a timing issue, if it's a you know a, a, a market kind of issue or whatever, it just for whatever reason, it just didn't pan out. Um, but it's how you kind of work from that and learn from that.
1: Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to separate failures from regrets, they kind of do go hand in hand, but um, you know, I don't. OK Do This uh, was a huge success for me in terms of how much I learned and
0: mm-hmm.
1: the business experience I gained. And it's still out there and it's still got an audience and people are using it. But obviously it never became the next Instagram. Mm-hmm. It never became the next Facebook. Uh, but I've, And I used to be really hard on myself about that because there were some definitely some early business things that we should have handled better. Um, but at the same time, it's been really... <laughs> Comforting to see all these other social networks that just can't compete either. I mean, mm-hmm. even Google, with their oh, zillions of dollars, right. they yeah. have like even Google can't make Google Plus work. <laughs> um, then there's been so many others over the years, from LO to Oh man, you know, did you go? Photo. Were you on that? Oh yeah, I was on that alone. There was a <laughs> photo, photo with three H's. There was, there's been so many that we all try, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, at the end of the day. Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and not much else. You right. know, yeah. so uh, I'm proud of us for trying as hard as we did. And in fact, I think we'll still keep uh, toying with it and playing with it and trying to make it better. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I guess that would be kind of considered. I guess a lot of people out there probably considered it a failure since it didn't blow up. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it today, if you download it in the App Store, gosh, it's such a gorgeous interface, gorgeous usability. Uh, and way, honestly, way ahead of its time. In fact, uh, the latest Instagram update truly, uh, looks so much like our app has looked for a long time. Yeah. You that's know, true. there's just, there's just things that, uh, that we, we were ahead of our time on. So,
0: um, anyway, that's about all I got there. <laughs> no, yeah. it's great. Cause you said it, it's, it's, uh, I think that's something that even like entrepreneurs period nowadays struggle with is, is being, looking at like outwardly and saying, I want to be the next Zuckerberg. I want to be the next, I want to make the next Facebook, like you said, the next Instagram. But I mean, another way of thinking of it is, they are that and they're already there. So yeah. why bother? You know, yeah. like like there's no point. And I I, I would argue that that's, that's something that you're learning yeah. and, and directly applying to your new hotel. Yeah, for because sure. You could have been the next Airbnb. Yeah. But you're like, you know what? that's Airbnb. I'm going to go yeah. a different route. Yeah. And and there's it's kind of like just like I know I hate to say it so cliché but like Apple says like be different or think different. You know, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's like you can try and be the next X thing, but if it's already out there and it's pretty huge and successful, just yeah. do something different, you know? Just and just be a unique and 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 you'll you'll be fine on that respect on that front. Exactly. Because you don't want to be compared to look at like Chase Jarvis. We had when we had him on, you know, I asked him, I go, "Cameron Plus, did that hurt?" You know, like realizing you uh, made Instagram before Instagram and then you just didn't take advantage. And he goes, look, I left a lot of money on the table and it is a hard lesson. Wow. He's like, but again, I learned from it in this sense of like, now he considers himself just like me and you, like a it. You know, he's like, he's embracing the fact that he's got a bunch of different things going on. Whereas before, um... He, you know, he said that it was, you know, he he was like, oh, I'm not a developer. I'm just a photographer. I'm just mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. So for the last. Yep. Sorry. He, he was way ahead of his time with that
1: app. There's no doubt. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting journey to watch.
0: Yeah. So, Jeremy, I know you got to go uh, again. Thank you for taking the time out. The last one we got and then we'll get out of here is uh, if you couldn't share your work with anyone, not your wife, not your kids, uh, would you still create your art? That is such an interesting question
1: because I've always, uh, everybody's got their own definition of what an artist is. And Mm -hmm. I've always had my own internal definition that I don't think I've ever uh, verbalized. But uh, I've always thought that an artist is somebody that would still be creating if no one could see it. If no one ever saw it, if there's no social media, no art galleries, just... if you you were the only person in the world, like Will Smith and whatever movie that was...
0: I imagined, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: you you were still painting, you were still creating, you were still whatever. Like, that to me is an artist, like somebody that literally has to get it out of their system. Um, And so I guess I'm thrilled to say that, yeah, I would be. I would still be doing something. I don't know what that would be. um, Right. But it's just how I've always worked. I mean, even from day one before I knew uh, what art was or photography. I've just always been a person that had to, had to create and express myself.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, Jeremy, thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for taking the time, coming back on. And uh, it's great. Been great catching up with you and, uh, and chatting about all the stuff we'd have. Absolutely. So, uh, and I appreciate you having me on again. Means no, a lot. of course. I think we'll probably see each other again at photo plus later this year. You're going to be there.
1: That's a good question. I hope so. There's a lot going on, but uh, yeah, I should be there.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Well, if we don't see you before then, uh, have a great one. All right, man. You too. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. So guys, if you're curious about using borrow lenses, you'll be happy to know all of their gear is tested, calibrated, reset, and cleaned after every order. They accept major credit card and most debit cards, and the majority of orders they process do not require a deposit. They love it when their gear gets to travel worldwide. But you have to promise to share some photos when you get back. Remember to visit borrowlenses.com and enter AM10 to redeem your exclusive 10% Angry Millennial discount.